Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Running solo this morning. Was hoping that Joe would be here, but he will be here this evening. And we will be again talking about the Arizona audit. Uh, make sure we get his take on it. And there's going to be more that we cover in the second hour. So you're going to want to make sure you tune in for both. Obviously, first hour right now, 11 a.m. Eastern. Second hour coming at you, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can get both throughout the day. On audio. So if you don't have time to watch live or you just like to listen, maybe you drive for a living and it's not worth streaming on your data plan, you can get the audio podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great places. Links are in the description. If you can, please do make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts if you haven't already and give us a five star review. Help us climb up in those rankings. AZ Patriot says, my hair looks like I dealt with leftist trolls all weekend. I did not. It has just gotten too long to glue up. After air today, I'm going to go run and get a real quick haircut. It's time. You know, uh, it's almost like the Lion King. Like, it's time. It's time for me to get a haircut. Um, So that's what's going on here. Lots to talk about. And obviously, we didn't have an evening show on Friday. Joe was at an event in Colorado Springs at the Reawaken America Tour. So we didn't have our evening podcast on Friday. But still lots to talk about with the Maricopa County audit. If we go ahead and put up my screen, we're going to be running off of this report. If we go ahead and put up my screen. This, we're going to be running off of this report. The draft report, because the, the <laughs> news reports indicate that the original draft was what was originally intended to be released and it got had gotten watered down it had gotten watered down throughout the entire process and i did just refresh my screen i know we had some technical issues we're going to be going off the draft report now reason we're going to be going off the draft report is because yes things did get taken out of the final version mentions of voter fraud had been taken out of the final version Mentions any mention that the election shouldn't have been certified got taken out of the final version. Things that make you go, hmm, considering the fact that it is a Republican led state Senate in Arizona, not quite sure why. I mean, we know why, but uh, that was ultimately taken out. So we're going to run with this draft version, and where there are things that are significantly different, we'll make sure that we let you know. So we're going to take down my screen, Mr. Producer. If you watch the original hearing, you know that there was a lot going on. They had a lot of different experts coming on. And uh, W. Sheridan said he was very disappointed in how it was presented. I thought it was a little dry at times too, which if you notice, we tend to use like Twitter to get a lot of our clips um, rather than recording the whole events and then cutting them down, though we sometimes have to do that. There aren't a whole lot of clips making the rounds on Twitter, which means two things. Either Twitter has started taking them down or there weren't really viral shareable moments to this. Now, there's a couple. We're going to play at least one of you, one of them today. But there weren't really these, like, huge moments, these gotcha moments. Like, one of them, obviously, was a huge moment, 
I, I was trying to grab the video and it was taken down. Huh, surprise. Um, where they mentioned that they had caught the one of the Maricopa County officials deleting the emails. Sorry, not doing the deleting the election documents the day before the audit got started. Think about that. audit sec to begin. Documents miraculously go missing day before. The auditors were able to look at security camera footage and identify precisely which election official was at the keyboard when it went missing. Yeah. So obviously they didn't release the name of that individual, but they have referred them for prosecution. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if they do get prosecuted. The attorney general in Arizona says he's going to prosecute everything he can. The governor is trying to act like, oh, this is this is normal. Biden won. Hooray. So you're already seeing in Arizona a disconnect between the GOP establishment and the more conservative wings of the party. But yeah, I got very frustrated watching the result, watching the actual audit report. It was very dry. It was very technical, which I guess you have to be in some respects. But there weren't a lot of very shareable clips. Those weren't. So what we're going to do is we're going to play one of them that I found very interesting. Also going to read through this draft report and and highlight the most important parts because unlike the mainstream media the most important part is not that joe biden is confirmed the winner i mean this was not a recount this is very important get that out of the way this was not a recount they did count the ballots as part of this whole process but it was not a recount a recount is simply what did the ballots say what's the tally here's the tally no this was a, an audit a forensic audit specifically and when you see the media run out and say, oh, well, Biden won, Biden won, that, that's the findings. That's very dishonest. It's deliberately lying to the American people. And it shows you just how in the tank they are for Biden, that they would look at this draft report, which we we're going to go through, and they would actually conclude that the main finding was that Biden won. End of story, game over. But there was a, there's one part I want to get to. Let's play it right out of the way. And I guess we can take calls, 888-441-1121, if you want to call in. Um, let's go ahead and, and play this clip. This is where they're talking about duplicate ballots, lack of signatures. Let's go play this. Cut number one. All right. The next anomaly is verified and approved in the blank signature region. So what do I mean by that? So... This is blank, but they're verified and approved as appearing right in the blank. Again, this is process issues which we'd love to get answers to. So same thing here. Same thing here. The verified and approved is right there. And then finally, this is an interesting anomaly where we have two EVBs from or two EVBs where people have the same voter ID, same name, address, and phone number with matching signatures with two different voter IDs. Okay? So it's, we were had to redact this, but imagine if you could see this, there's a person's name here and address, which is the same as a name and address here. Very similar matching signatures, same phone numbers, but they have two different voter IDs. So we repeat again, two different voter IDs, same name, matching signatures, as if you, look, if you looked at them visually, same phone numbers. And another example here, actually there's three examples here. Another person here, we call, by the way, this is, there's not a person called John Doe. It's, this is a, um, just to, for, for, to protect the innocent. Um, and this is Jane Doe, again, matching signatures, same address, uh, same phone number, but two different voter IDs. 
Same here, two different voter IDs, same address, same name. We don't have a phone number here, et cetera. So we have three examples of that. So interesting, interesting stuff. What I feel like throughout this, I don't think there was a good enough explanation done for explaining why some of these things might happen. I'm not saying that this wasn't voter fraud, but by not explaining and disarming the criticisms that you know and predictably could have seen coming, I feel like the auditors set themselves up for a really bad media cycle, which is what happened. Now, as someone who has a child with the same exact name as him, it is not beyond comprehension to think that two people with the same name could live at the same address and have the same phone number. Now, the signatures being, he said, very similar. He did not say identical. He said very similar. That, obviously, we can't see that. So we can't conclude whether or not they're the same exact signature or not. But my name is Max McGuire. My son is named Max McGuire. We both live at the same address. And if we had a home phone, we would both have the same home phone if he was of voting age. So theoretically, it is possible. It is possible that that could explain at least some of those instances. I don't like that they didn't deliver, they didn't present that possibility and then disarm it or present that possibility and then leave it up for, uh, for it being potentially true, right? And, th and there were a couple of situations like this throughout, and we'll get to one of the fact checks, which most of it's bull BS, but one of them, again, it's a, it's a similar situation. Um, let's, go, let's go ahead and put up my screen. This is the Associated Press. They came out with this at 2 a.m. on the 25th. 2 a.m. on the 25th. And I see this, I'm like, ooh, fact-checking pro-Trump auditors spin on election falsehoods. This is going to be a great, a great article. And you scroll down and you realize, wait, that's really short. This was like a 90-page report. What's going on here? They actually only fact-checked three things. They fact-checked three things. So let's go through them. And, and someone in our, a guy by the name of Tom in our email list sent me this thing like, oh, you're getting, because we had a fax blast on this over the weekend. Tom sent me this over the weekend and he's saying, oh, you're getting spun up by the conspiracy theories. This is a terrible fact check. Though it does present one of the possibilities that the, the auditors didn't present and then disarm. So the first one, they claim that the election results were deleted from Maricopa County's election management system. So individuals went into an application and they chose to specifically run something that would clear all records in the system that was used to generate the official results the day before an audit started. And this is what they say the facts are. No, the data never disappeared. It was just moved. Maricopa officials made copies of the data and archived it before removing it from the election management system. And this is from Maricopa County's Twitter. We have backups for all November data and those archives were never subpoenaed. <laughs> County officials said data cannot be stored indefinitely on the election management system. Cyber ninjas don't understand the business of elections. We can't keep everything on the EMS server because it has storage limits. Okay, first of all, that doesn't explain why it was deleted the day before. Come on, you know an audit is happening. You have, you have, the machines have been subpoenaed. The audit's supposed to begin the next day. And someone comes in and archives it the day before. And then says, oh, you didn't subpoena the archive. The archive didn't exist when the subpoena was actually 
signed and authorized, first of all. Second of all, I dare anyone, anyone who ever deals with the government or ever deals with a lawsuit to pull this. If you're getting sued and they say, give us everything, you hand it over and say, and then they say, well, something's missing. And you respond, oh, you said hand everything over. You didn't say hand over all the archives. No, of course that's a BS argument. It's a BS legal argument. And the fact that it happened the day before the audit was set to begin after subpoenas had already been issued. No, you can't have an audit set to begin the following day and then say, oh, well, you know what? We're actually... uh." We're actually out of space on this hard drive, guys. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and archive it. Can't have that going. We want to make sure there's plenty of space on the hard drive the day before we hand it over to the audit auditors. <laughs> like, of course, come on. They could have provided the archive. Now, a good faith, a good faith attempt to comply with a subpoena would have been to hand over the archive. Would have been to say, say, hey, you subpoenaed this data. We archived it. Here's the data. But as we know, Maricopa County fought tooth and nail to fight the subpoenas every step of the way. And they ultimately lost. Maricopa County ultimately lost. They settled. But they settled in a way that gave the state of Arizona everything they had asked for. So no, this is this is BS. If I was on TikTok, I'd say this is cap. This is cap. Um, no, you, you can't archive data the day before an audit starts and then say, oh, you didn't ask for it, so we didn't give it. No, it doesn't work like that. L let's look at this one. 23,344 people voted when they should no longer have access or would not normally have access to voting in Maricopa County because they have moved. And this is what the Associated Press says. No, that's not what happened. I love how they're just so definitive about this. Logan reviewed the names of voters against a commercial database of addresses, not a database of voters. He found that 23,344 reported moving before ballots went out in October. While the review suggests something improper, election officials note that voters such as college students, those who own vacation homes and military members, can move to a temporary to temporary locations while still legally voting at the address where they are registered. But that's not what the audit found. Like, if, if I'm registered to vote in New Jersey, when I used to live in New Jersey, right, and then I go to school in Boston, I don't change my address to Boston. I don't change my driver's license to Boston. I'm still registered to vote in New Jersey. I still live in New Jersey. I don't change my address on anything, right? Nothing. The idea that college students, that, that college students are going to just change their address every time they change a dorm, like What? No, because that's what they're suggesting. They're suggesting that when a college student goes from Maricopa County to go to school outside of Maricopa County, that they would have gotten a new driver's license or they would have officially changed their address. No, no, that's not how it works. What this shows is people who change their address, not that they went on vacation or that they temporarily went to live in a vacation home. No, this is that their address changed. And if their address changes before the election and their address changes to a location outside Maricopa County, but they still voted in Maricopa County, if they do it before that October deadline, then yes, that is an illegal vote. And that happens. That happened all the time. I knew people in college, not friends of mine, but I knew people in college who voted in their home state and in the college state in, in Massachusetts. They did both. It, it was incredibly illegal. And you can go ahead and guess what political party 
they belong to, but they did it. It happens. It it absolutely happens. It also happens in New Hampshire. It's very common for people who go to school outside New Hampshire to vote in the states and then go home and vote in their state. I mean, Project Veritas found a number of voter fraud examples in New Hampshire. But no, so this fact, this is the fact check. And this is how you know it was like a 90 some odd page report. They have three fact checks and we've already just kind of gone through two of them. <laughs> so you can see where this is going. So onto the third fact check. And again, this is it. They published this at 2 a.m. Imagine publishing something at 2 a.m. and having three fact checks out of everything. Does that mean that everything they didn't include in their fact check is true? I mean, presumably that's what the fact check means, right? When they're billing this as a comprehensive fact check. And no, this has not been edited since the 25th. They've just kept this as is. So here's the claim that they say was false. There were 9,041 mail-in voters who were mailed one ballot, but somehow two ballots were received, which I do not know how you would have one ballot sent and two received. And this is what AP says, the facts. This isn't unusual, and it's not a sign of wrongdoing. The file Logan consulted, known as AV33, shows two return ballot entries whenever a voter's mail-in ballot has a signature discrepancy that gets fixed. Oh, it's the signature discrepancies. When a voter mails in a ballot with a blank or mismatched signature, election officials contact the voter. If the discrepancy is resolved, they enter a second record into EV33. File election officials said the appropriate conclusion to draw from this finding is that the early voting team was performing their statutory required responsibility by reviewing signatures on all returned mail-in ballots. Okay. That's cap. Follow the, the TikTok phrase, that's cap. And I'll tell you why that's cap. Though it's not entirely cap. It's not entirely bogus. It is true that people who did have their signatures um, tossed out, right, would be able to fix them and go back and submit a second one. That part is true, which again is why I, I, I hate that the auditors didn't see this argument coming because they could have gotten out in front of this and they could have disarmed it pretty well. They could have said, yes, some of these some of these are probably like that, but I'll explain why they're not and then gone on to explain it, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Here's the problem. What the audit found was that there was a historical low number of ballots that were rejected for having a bad signature. That if it had followed the 2016 numbers of how many signatures were rejected for having bad signatures, you'd expect to have, I, I think it was either, it was either three to four times more. I think it was three to four times more um, tossed out signatures. And that's significant. That's significant. That, that's suggesting that three to four times as, uh, as many ballots were allowed to be counted, right? And they probably should have at least gone for more scrutiny. So if we take down my screen, I'm going to show you why this fact check is bogus. And we're going to go to some of the images that the auditors used in presenting their case. Let's go ahead and go to image number two. Image number two. This is a duplicate, one of the duplicates that, that the powers that be over at the Associated Press claim. The only reason this duplicate exists is because the, the signature was rejected. They came back and they cured the signature. But what you see here is these are two duplicate ballots. The same voter had two ballots submitted into the system. On the first ballot, there is no signature. There is no signature. There is what can only be described as maybe a one centimeter long line and a couple of dots 
though they may actually be smudges on my screen. Yeah, there are a couple dots, but there are also <laughs> some smudges on my screen. When you're trying to analyze scribbles, make sure you clean your desktop monitor because <laughs> the little bit of smudge could actually change it. But that's, they call that a scribble. I call that blank, but they call that scribble. So using the AP logic, using the AP logic, the only reason that a duplicate would exist for this voter would be because they came in to fix it. Meaning that someone in Maricopa County said, hey, John Doe, you submitted a ballot that had a bad signature. It's it's a scribble. We can't accept it. We need to come in and cure it. We need to come in, fill out a new ballot, and sign it. Well, the problem is, you look at the duplicate, there's no signature there either. There's no signature there either. And if you look on that left one, you see verified and approved signature. You see that little, little stamp? You see how it appears under underneath the triangle? That is a, that's a question that's, that's been, been confusing a lot of people over the last couple of days. How can you have an approved stamp underneath the signature sticker? How does that work? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I wanted to show you that because, yeah, no, sorry, Associated Press, not all the duplicates were people curing their signatures. That one, very clearly, two duplicates, duplicate, um, two duplicate ballots with no signature in either one. But it gets worse. Go ahead and put up image three. Image number three. Now you look at that one on the left and you say, wow, that's a, that's a crappy signature. I mean, how we can't accept that. That looks like someone's hand was shaking violently while they were signing. We can't, we can't accept that. Right? I'm sorry. You dial up the number. Doo, 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 doo. Hello, John Doe. We need you to come in and cure your signature. Yeah, it's unreadable. We can't actually see what it says, and it doesn't ma match what's on file. So he comes in, according to the Associated Press. He comes in, and you see on the on the one on the right, he does the same ridiculous signature, and then that one gets approved. So it's not just what the Associated Press is saying. It's not just, oh, they had to fix the signature. There were duplicate ballots. There were absolutely duplicate ballots. Go ahead, take that down. One last one, image number four. Image number four. Not even pretending, completely blank. Not even a scribble. Completely, completely blank. So you, the Associated Press says, oh, well, the reason the first one wasn't accepted was because there was no signature, so they had to come in and sign it. But then it got approved without any signature. Without any signature. Huh. If we take that down, go up to my screen one more time. I want you to see what the Associated Press has to say about it. This isn't unusual and is not a sign of wrongdoing. I'm sorry. Any election official who looks at a ballot that has no signature and stamps approved on it, that is fraud. They have one job at that table to verify that signatures exist and that the signatures match what are on file. They failed. So either they are grossly, grossly incompetent or that is fraud. Take your pick, Associated Press. It is not business as usual. It is not a mismatched signature. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not true. And you see here what the AP says. It's just a lie. When a voter mails in a ballot with a blank 
signature, the election officials contact the voter. And if the discrepancy is resolved, they enter a second record with the signature. You can see, go back to image four. Go back to image four. This one has no signature in the final approved one. None. None. So which is it, Maricopa County? Are you grossly incompetent? Or are you a bunch of fraudsters? Can't have it both ways. Gonna remind everyone to hit that share button if you haven't already. Give us a thumbs up on Facebook. Comment, comment, comment. If you're watching on DLive and you have lemons to give, we'll gladly accept them and give them out as fast as we can. Giving out 25 lemons right now. The chest has filled up over the past couple days. Also, make sure you check out all the different places that we stream. We're now on Frank's Speech. Uh, we are on Clout Hub. So check out all those different places. Make sure you bookmark them. And if you haven't already, text the word FREEDOM to 89517, and you'll get added to our text alert system. And that's important because before every show, we'll send out a text message to your phone that will tell you what the show is about, tell you what time it's going to start, and give you links for where you can watch it. And those links are for the day's episode. So if for whatever reason we get taken down off of Facebook and you like to watch Facebook, well, you have that text message on your phone where you can go and watch us somewhere else. So very, very important. Text the word freedom to 89517 if you haven't already. So yeah, I mean, I, someone, a guy named Tom sent me that. He sent me that. He's like, oh, you're getting caught up in the propaganda. Not only is that one of the weakest fact checks I've ever seen. As it is. That is absolutely the weakest fact check I've ever seen. The idea that there are Facebook pages that are now demonetized because that fact check was applied to their screen, to their pages, is disgusting. But they published that at 2 a.m. At 2 a.m., they published those three fact checks. And while there is some truth to some of them, like it is true that some people did have their ballots cured and they counted as duplicates. It is true that some people moved and temporarily and, and still voted. That is true. To suggest that the number has to be thrown out in its entirety, it just, it just isn't true. So that was definitely probably the weakest fact check. I mean, it wasn't even on the level of Daniel Funk. I mean, at least he tries to bullshit. They're just throwing out whatever they can. Okay, let's start going through this audit report. Go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. So we're again, we're using the draft. The reason we're using the draft file is because we have heard multiple reports that this was watered down on purpose to I mean, to water down, to make it seem like it wasn't that bad, to remove the recommendations that the election not be certified. So we're going to go through all these and explain just what they mean. But first, let's let's read the executive summary as it sat in the in the draft. The preamble to our Constitution reminds us that our nation is always pursuing greater perfection, seeking to establish a more perfect union so that we can secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity. Nothing is more essential in establishing liberty than free and fair elections. To that end, Cyber Ninjas was engaged by the Arizona Senate to, con to audit the 2020 general election and determine the outcome of the election and in what areas legislative reform is required to ensure that our elections are indeed free and fair in the future. The audit has been the most comprehensive and complex election audit ever conducted. It involved the hand counting of 2.1 million ballots, a forensic paper inspection of them, forensic review of the voting machines, and most important, an in-depth analysis of voter rolls and the 20. 2020 general election final files. Many of the issues in the election can be traced back to two primary causative factors, mail-in voting and improper voter registration management. More than 80% of the ballots cast in Maricopa were by mail.
The guarantee of a secret ballot is not only a right that applies to the vote themselves, but it's also a right guaranteed to the rest of those voting in the election that that person's ballot is a secret and therefore cannot have come under any undue influence. Mail-in voting eliminates secrecy in voting, as it's impossible to control and know who a voter shares their ballot with and what is done with it prior to it being mailed in or dropped off. 57,734 ballots with serious issues were identified in the audit. These issues included improper voter registration, improper votes, and discrepancies in the registration. This is a conservative estimate, as there were other identified problems that were not quantified nor included in the total, likely resulting in a much larger number of flawed ballots. Additional issues identified backdated registrations, multiple voter registrations linked to the same voter affidavit, voters without records in a, com in a commercial database, and printing defects rendering thousands of ballots suspicious. In the 2020 election, the margin of victory was only 10,457 votes, a small fraction of the 57,734 ballots with known issues. Again, this is almost six times the margin of victory in the presidential race and is multiples of the margin of victory in other races. Based on these factual findings, the election should not be certified and the reported results are not reliable. There you go. I mean, that is what the Republicans didn't want them to say which is why we're reading this draft report. So let's go ahead and, and look at this chart. And I'm going to make this a full screen on my screen so that I can see everything and read it. Mail-in ballots voted from prior addresses. And they use voter history, history to find this. They found in one county alone, 23,344 ballots that were voted from an address where the voter no longer lived. Now, before we get into this, I want to say very clearly, they do not know who these people voted for. And that is something that Democrats always use to, to push back on, right? But Maricopa County obviously has been very competitive for Republicans in the past. And based on this, I think it's pretty clear who actually really won Maricopa County. But to say that all these are Democrat votes, can't do it. We can't do it. We don't know. Now, we can suspect, based on ballot harvesting and things like that, that Democrat votes make up a, a pretty large chunk of these, but we don't know. The point is, though, that the fact that we don't know is why we can't certify results like these. When you have more suspect ballots than the margin of victory, of course you have to step back and ask questions. To not do so would be electoral malpractice. So you have to ask the question, and that's why... You, you also need things like the Mar Maricopa County canvas that happened a couple that released their report a couple weeks prior, where they go door to door and ask people if they actually voted. When you combine this with those findings, it presents a very dangerous picture. Because the idea that you had mail-in ballots voted from a prior address, and when the actual canvassers went to a lot of those addresses, they found people who didn't live them live there. That supports the notion that these were fraudulent ballots. The Associated Press is trying to present this as, oh, people went to go live in their summer homes for a couple months and voted from their main address. That's what happened. Well, the canvassers were painting a very different picture. The canvassers are saying they knocked on doors, asked if someone lived there, and they were told, no, they haven't lived here in years. Don't even own the place. They were going, they were going to empty lots and finding people voted from a lot that has no building on it. So you have to combine the two. You have to combine the two. And I apologize, I'm starting to get sick again. But damn kids, bring home the sicknesses. 
every every time. So yeah, you have you have to look at this alongside the Maricopa County canvas. And remember what they were finding. They were finding a significant number of people who voted and their ballots never were counted. And a lot of people who said they didn't vote, but somehow had ballots that were counted. Which again, think about those ones we just we just saw with blank signatures being accepted put two and two together. So mail-in ballots voted from prior address, 23,344. Severity critical. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty severe um, problem. Potential voters that voted in multiple counties. These are people who voted in two places, not two ballots that were sent to the same county where one of them was a cured signature. No, these are two ballots that went to different counties. Notice how the Associated Press didn't try and explain that one away. 10,342. And again, we cannot say with, with total certainty that those were Democrat votes. We just can't. But considering the fact that Joe Biden's margin of victory is only a couple hundred votes larger than that number alone, you have to pause. You have to take a step back and say, are we sure this is what happened? Are we ready to name this man the 46th president of the United States? Are we that certain? And what Cyber Ninjas declared before they were forced to water all this down is no, we cannot make that we cannot make that determination. So 10,342 votes, voters that voted in multiple counties. The more ballots returned by voter than received, 9,041. That's a big problem. Election management system database was purged. Election files deleted. Corrupted ballot images. Those are high. Those are a high severity. And honestly, they don't know how many, ballot, how many ballots that impacted. And it's not necessarily just fraud, Right. Anyone who's ever had a computer, you know, that sometimes things just don't go right. I mean, there are days where I try to turn on my desktop and it just gives me a blue screen. And I have to scramble to try and set up the laptop and get all this stuff running so we can get the show out on time. Files do sometimes get corrupted. The difference is, right, when the auditors say, hey, this is a problem, Dominion says it's not a problem. Just keep using our software. It's perfect. It's great. Nothing wrong with it. Right. Whether they, it was done on purpose, which we know there were people who went in there and deleted files the day before the audit. I'm sorry. They're not trying to save space. They're just trying to delete the files. And also, let's just talk about this for a second. Solid state drives, SSDs. I'm going to take my down my screen for a second. Um, I built my computer. Um, we're building the computer in Texas right now. Sorry, I got a bang that is now weirdly hanging over my forehead. Um, we're building a computer in Texas for our Texas. Um, sorry, it's bothering me. <laughs> uh, we're building a computer in Texas for our Texas studio and parts are expensive, right? And you got to make sure you have a, a big enough hard drive. So there's traditional hard drive, HDDs. That's the spinning disk. That's where you, you want long term storage of things, right? And it's loud and it's clunky. But solid state drives don't have a spinning disk. It's just like a, a little basically a memory card. Um, they're not super expensive. And when you look at like micro SD cards, you look at how small storage can actually get. The idea that you have to delete files after an election is absurd. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It is not going to break the bank to double the size of the hard drives. I mean, they should already be doing that. There should be a redundancy. They should never have to worry about running out of space on a machine. And, and why is it that they had to delete the drives in Maricopa, but up in Antrim County, Michigan, they deleted 2020s, but left all the previous ones. Why is that? You think that they would delete the latest 
the the um the oldest entries before they delete the newest entries, right? Right? It doesn't make sense to delete the most recent, especially when federal law requires you to safeguard them. And again, absolutely absurd that Maricopa said they never handed it over because the subpoena didn't ask for it. The subpoena was issued before they deleted this file, and it is not a good faith adherence to subpoena to not hand over data you know that they are asking for, but you also know they didn't know you archived it. So let's go ahead, go back to my screen. Keep going through these, bang through these a little bit. Um, okay, official results do not match who voted. 3,432. That is significant. That is significant. That's basically saying, that's basically, it's it's not reconciling the the check-in and the votes. This is a problem that we see in Detroit. We had a whole episode about this, about how the, all the Detroit precincts in Wayne County, how they have a historical problem with reconciling their counts. At the end of the day, the number of people who voted do not match the number of people who signed their signature and checked in, and how they never actually bother to try and reconcile that, because there are some legitimate reasons for why that would happen. Someone signs in, gets a call on their phone, there's a family emergency, they have to run, they never vote, right? That that happens, not on the scale that you see in Wayne County, Michigan, but it does happen. People sign in and then they have to run away. Or I guess theoretically it'd be very hard, but people who somehow manage to vote without signing it, though that is more linked to fraud because it's harder to get the machine set up if you haven't already signed in. Point being, this whole deal here, official results do not match who voted. Same kind of thing we see in areas of the country with historic fraud. Is it that <laughs> that is most likely Democrat votes more duplicates than original ballots. That is a problem when you start seeing ballots come in with not just one but two and three other duplicates. You cannot just explain that away by saying they went in to have their signature cured. If there are four ballots submitted for the same voter, that is a problem. That is a very big problem. In-person voters who had moved out of Maricopa County. These aren't even the mail-in voters, right? 23,344 people voted and from a prior address. These are specifically people who showed up in person who had moved out of the county. Wow. 2,382 voters. So they moved away and drove back to vote at a fraudulent address. Now, again, we don't know. Republican, Democrat, could have been either, I guess, theoretically. In person, obviously, makes it less likely that this was a fraud, though it is still possible, right? But it's still, when you're talking about a quarter of the votes, the, the, a quarter of the margin of victory, are people who illegally voted in person at an address they didn't live at? You got to step back and say, what the hell is going on? Voters who moved out of the state during the 29-day period preceding the election. If you move out of the state 29 days before an election, you cannot vote in that state. Now, if you vote, if you move out in less than 29 days, you typically, depending on state law, are allowed to still vote in that state because it is not possible to register to vote in the new state in time for that election. Just because you moved doesn't mean you give up your right to self-determination. I had to deal with this once in, uh, I believe in Colorado. My first election, I think I had to vote in New Jersey still. I'll have to go back and, and look at through emails. I think that was the problem, that I didn't have time to register for the first election, um, the first primary, something like that. But it happens. It absolutely happens. 
people who move and then have to vote. But if you move more than 29 days before an election, you are expected to register to vote in that state. And sorry, if that state has stricter laws, you're just SOL. Let's go ahead and put back up my screen, Mr. Producer. So that is a significant number. And listen, there's a saying, obviously mail-in ballots voted from prior addresses, that's significant enough to change the entire election. But there's a saying that no single raindrop, it's more of like a parable, I guess, no single raindrop is responsible for the flood. Meaning your house gets flooded, you don't blame one single raindrop, and you can't say that one single raindrop flooded your house. But without all of those raindrops, there wouldn't have been a flood. So with these, when you see the Democrats say, well, that's not that big of a deal. That happens all the time. Even if you take away the 23,344 people who voted from a prior address, even if you take away the multiple counties that people voted in, you add up all of the rest of them, and it's still more ballots than the margin of victory for Joe Biden. You can't just explain it away. So missing ballot images, voting machine. Yeah, where'd those ballot images go? Failure to follow basic cybersecurity practices. Um, yeah, subpoenaed equipment not provided. On the one hand, Maricopa County says, well, we didn't hand it over because you didn't subpoena it. On the other hand, they refused to comply with the subpoenas. So do you really believe them when they say, oh, well, we had this data, we could have given it to you, but it wasn't technically on the subpoena. They were fighting tooth and nail not to comply with any of it. Of course, that was fraudulent. Anonymous logins. This is a big deal. So. One of the things that came out, and we can go ahead and take down my screen. One of the things that came out through this audit was that there was a master login. And, and all the lefties are going to get all pissy because you're not supposed to use master. You're not supposed to use slave as it, as it relates to um, technological things. Um, it's not like a, an actual slavery reference. It's just the terminology. There was a master login. And we learned that also from Mesa County, Colorado. We learned that through reporting through the Gateway Pundit and other outlets that Dominion gives these counties a master admin login. And for whatever reason, these counties aren't creating unique logins. They're just having everyone log in using the same master or admin administrator credentials. Why is that important? That's important because when you have five or six or seven or however many people have the ability to log in as an admin, it becomes harder and harder to prove who actually did it. If you assigned every individual person their own name, username, identifiable username, and password that they could themselves create so it wouldn't be shared with anyone, you could then tell who went in and destroyed things. But when you use the same shared master or admin login credentials, there is some kind of plausible deniability here. Like, well, I, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Everyone there has the password. It says it wasn't them. Well, it had to be one of them. But can you prove it? So that is absolutely something that the legislature should look at, make just like generic administrator passwords illegal, force everyone with admin access to have their own unique identifiable username and password. So in an audit like this, we can tell who deleted the files. Go ahead, put back up my screen, Mr. Producer, if you can. Dual boot system discovered. That's a big deal. We talked about that on the show before, the ability to boot up. Well, apparently there was a dual boot up system which you're not supposed to have. For a secure machine, you're not supposed to have that. EMS operating system logs not preserved. And this is where you start getting into the cap, to use the TikTok term. The logs are absolutely imperative that you save the logs. Whether they archive them, whether they delete them, 
The log should be the last thing removed from the machine. The idea that someone can even go in and delete the logs defeats the entire purpose of having the logs. What are the logs? The logs basically tell you what happened when, who did what. Obviously, that is hampered by the fact that they were all using the same password and login, though the, the auditors did say they were able to find who deleted at least some of them using security camera footage, which is very interesting. Now, you have to preserve the logs. And the act of destroying the logs can in and of itself be deemed a sign of guilt. People who are innocent don't delete evidence. They don't destroy evidence. They just don't. There's no need to. You should be wanting the world to see just how free and fair your election was. Except time after time after time, every time one of these systems is scrutinized, we don't see them. We don't see them trying to open up the books so you can see how great it was. We see them clamp down, say it's proprietary, say we're not going to comply with the subpoenas, and say, nah, 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 boo-boo, it was safe, it was secure, most secure election ever, stop doubting it. Votes count in excess of voters who voted. Huh, how'd that happen? How do we have 836 more votes than voters? Hmm, I mean, right there, right there. What, what's that, what's that officially? Let's just take it real quick. 800, 800 divided by 10, 700. Right there, that is 7.5% of Joe Biden's margin of victory. Right there just from the fact that there were more votes than voters. Voters not a part of the official precinct register. Again, how did that happen? 618 voters. Ballots returned not in the final voted file. How did that happen? 527 of them. Duplicated ballots incorrect or missing serial numbers. How can a ballot be missing a serial number? If it is automated, if there is no room for fraud, if every ballot has a serial number, how do you have missing serial numbers? 500. Mail-in ballot received without record of ever being sent. 397. 397 ballots were received without ever any record of them ever being requested or sent. Voters with in incomplete names. 393. Deceased voters. They confirmed 282 deceased voters voted. Audit count does not match the EAC count, 226 late registered voters with counted votes. These are people who voted after the registration deadline, but voted anyway and had their vote counted, 198. You add that 198 to the voters in excess, and you have 10% of Joe Biden's <laughs> margin of victory. It's insane. Late registration changes to earlier, date of registration changes were registration changes to earlier dates. So I guess they changed the registration date to an earlier date to make them qualify. Duplicate voter IDs. How does that happen? How do you have multiple voters voting with the same ID? 186. Multiple voters were linked. 101. Double scanned and counted ballots. 50 of them. Now that's low, but still significant. In, in a race where it's 10,000. And remember, this is one county. Obviously, it's the biggest county in Arizona, but still one county in one state. 50 double counted votes. Duplicate ballots that reuse serial numbers. Six. Electronic ballots that were double counted. Six. And then these are other things. EMS operating system logs not preserved. Duplicate ballot uh, election data found from other states. Audit interference. Batch discrepancies. Commingled damage in original ballots. Early votes not accounted for in EV33. High bleed through rates on ballots. That's important. The bleed through rate 
is the printing, right? So if you have people filling in ballots with Sharpies and it's bleeding through and potentially affecting the results on the other side, that's a big deal. Improper paper utilized. Inaccurate identify and identification of UOCAVA ballots. Scroll down, we have a little bit more to cover. Missing subpoena items, no record of voters in commercial database, out of calibration ballot printers, real-time provisional ballots, voter registration audit system access, and questionable ballots. All of those can't put a number on it, but were serious, serious problems. So you take down my screen. If you're the mainstream media, you get this file that we just read to you. You get this file and you conclude that Joe Biden won Maricopa. I mean, that is what the mainstream media went with. And we, and I discussed this, I discussed this on Friday morning, that that was the, the story coming out of this. And I said, well, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like what the audit was actually talking about. And it sure as hell doesn't sound like what the people involved in the audit were telling us to prepare for. No, it was just completely made up. The mainstream media made it up because they wanted to push a certain narrative. It's, it's really, really crazy. Um, they wanted to push a narrative. They wanted to push a narrative and they would much rather run for the whole weekend that the Maricopa County audit proved that Joe Biden won than risk declaring all the things I just read to you. I'm gonna remind you that this podcast is sponsored, is sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. Go ahead and check out the Conservative Daily Store. Link is in the description. I'm gonna pull it up on the screen real quick. Today we're featuring the Conservative Daily T-shirt a hot item. I like it because it reminds me of the Trump shirt. I'm going to put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Conserve Daily t-shirt available in blue. Let's tell you right here. Available in navy. I like that because it reminds me of the Trump t-shirts. Red, black, gray. Black one's kind of hot. Gray or white. I like the navy. But go ahead, check this out. Conserve Daily t-shirt. Link is in the description. Help support our show. Help us grow. And show the world that you support it by wearing one of the conservative daily t-shirts. Also going to mention this podcast, if we take this down, also going to mention that this podcast is sponsored by MyPillow. The, the good people at MyPillow made up an ad for us. So let's go ahead and run that ad. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to mypillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. CD21 is the promo code. CD21 promo code. Use that promo code. You'll get up to 66% off at mypillow.com. Get your holiday shopping done. And I'm not recommending that just because the economy is bad, though. That is why the administration is recommending that you go out and buy your holiday presents 
your Christmas presents because they want to get that spending, that consumer spending up so they can then claim victory. Just trying to move money from one month to another so it doesn't look so bad when the next month's numbers come out. So yeah, we went through all of those audit results. Obviously, 90-something pages. I think that's just part one. There's there's three parts to it. I highly recommend you go and read all of it. And after you read the official one, read the draft one because there are things missing from the final version that were in the draft. And it makes you wonder why a GOP-run state Senate would demand its removal. Don't want to talk about the real things. that They say they want to use the audit for legislative changes to fix problems. Well, then it, it would only stand to reason you'd want every single problem to be listed so you could then pass legislation to fix it. When you remove factual numbers and, and, and factual findings from the report for political reasons, the only thing you succeed doing is guaranteeing that those types of fraudulent activities persist. So yes, I highly recommend that you read it. Read the whole thing. Go back and read the draft. Recognize what is different. And then realize this is one county in one state. We have identified similar discrepancies in a number of other states that Joe Biden relied on to win the presidency. A similar phenomenon. We saw it in Antrim County, Michigan, where, where logs were deleted. Right as all of the pressure was closing in, logs were deleted. So you couldn't see who actually did what. Eerily similar to what we now know happened in Maricopa County with logs and data being deleted one day before the audit began. So yeah, it, it certainly tingles the spidey sense to see what they found here. And it's absolutely ridiculous, as the mainstream media is doing, to claim that this reinforced Joe Biden's win. This created, again, more questions than answers. Now, we, we, we knew that they weren't going to be able to have a complete smoking gun to prove this is who did the ballot harvesting. This is how they stole it. But when you combine this with, again, what we already learned in places like Antrim County, what we already learned from the Maricopa campus, what we've learned from the different groups analyzing Georgia, they're actually using um, phone data to track ballot harvesters from the actual ballot harvesting offices to the different drop boxes, right? You start to paint a picture of how this happened. And when you see last week, that Sus what's the name? Sussman, their uh, lawyer for Perkins Coy, who got indicted for lying about the Russia conspiracy, realized that Mark Elias, who was a partner in that firm at the time, pushing the non nonsense Trump-Russia conspiracy theory, also was, I, I believe, chief counsel, it was one of the counsel for the Clinton 26 campaign, realized it was Mark Elias who was going around the country and fighting to overturn election laws so that this kind of ballot harvesting could happen. The conspiracy is real. We now know without a doubt that the Russia collusion conspiracy was manufactured by Clinton campaign and the Democratic Party and that they lied to the FBI to try and get the FBI to prosecute their opponent. That is now undeniable truth. We knew it was true for long, for, forever, but now it is truth. Realize that the same exact players involved in that, Mark Elias specifically, are responsible for the court cases around the country that led to this fraud, that opened up ballot drop boxes without any security cameras, without any watchful eyes, that allowed ballot harvesting, that allowed automatic mail-in voting. Same exact cast of characters. And you realize that their motivations are the same, to elect a Democrat by any means necessary, even if it means cheating, stealing, and lying. 
Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Again, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. Links are all in the description. If you can, do subscribe to Apple Podcasts, especially subscribe. Give us a five-star review. It has to be five stars so we can rise up in those rankings. Again, we go live 11 a.m. Eastern now, 7 p.m. Eastern. All those links are in the description as well, in addition to Clout Hub and Frank's speech and soon-to-be Rumble as well. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And when you see those links, bookmark them so that if forever one for whatever reason one stream goes down or as we saw last week we deliberately did not stream on facebook you'll know where you can also find us and again if you haven't already text the word freedom to 89517 get added to that text list so you can have those links to the daily show sent right to your phone inbox that's going to be it for this edition of the conservative daily podcast my name is max mcguire tune in second hour tonight 7 p.m eastern we're going to be talking more about this getting joe's take on it and doing a little bit of a deeper dive into this audit report you do not want to miss that again 7 p.m eastern until then remember the fight to take back our country is not over yet but the only way we win is if we all stand and fight together